Amen. Our first breakaway of the year at 7 o'clock. Amen. Right here in the fellowship hall. So let's support that. There's a bunch of uh, flyers out there in the Welcome Center, really nice ones that you can have. Take some of those. Keep them in your car. Keep them around. When you run into someone that's struggling, give that to them and tell them to come to Breakaway. Also, there's some new cards out there that are, that are individual, smaller ones that are more personal for inviting people to church. We have new Jesus cards out there. How many know as we start this year off, we need to get those things out and begin to evangelize like we've never evangelized before. Amen? So... Friday at 7, if you know somebody that doesn't come to the church, amen, text them and say, if you know they're struggling with alcohol or drugs or anything, text them and tell them, or call them and tell them that's this Friday at 7 o'clock, amen? And I believe we're going to see Breakaway grow this year, amen. So I want to continue off of last week. We're going to be in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, if you want to go there. And I want to talk about the secret weapon, the Holy Spirit, and uh, add a little bit on to what we talked about last week. And uh, see how far the Holy Spirit leads us tonight. Um, I do want to make a declaration to you tonight. How many know that today in our country we had a shift of power? But how many know today that the shift of power has not changed in the heavenlies? And that Jesus Christ is still on the throne and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? And it doesn't matter what happens in our world, Jesus is on the throne. And I, that, I said that, and that truth was stronger than your clap was. Amen. I'm going to give you another chance. How many know Jesus is still on the throne tonight? And he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and he, it doesn't matter what happens in our government or our world, Jesus is moving. And he needs a church to stand up and rise up and be that church. And the way we're going to be the church he needs us to be is to be full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't want to say this as a downer tonight to start off, but I want to say it as a check for us to, to be ready next time. But I'm telling you, if, if you were not in the prayer room tonight, you should have been. And if you would have been there, I, I believe we're this close, this close to not coming in here tonight. I could feel it in my spirit, but maybe you had more important conversation to talk about in here, or maybe you had other things to do. But if you'd have got over there, it was there. Brian felt it. Amen. I know whoever else was in there felt it. Uh, I cannot stress enough to get how important it is to get to the prayer room. It's more important than anything we could be planning in here. It's more important than holding the wall up back there. It's more important than cleaning the bathrooms. It's more important than talking about what we did today. We need to pray. I'm not rebuking you. I'm just condemning you. Just kidding. I'm not condemning you. I'm just rebuking you. You take it? All right. We need to be in the prayer room. Now, if you just got here straight from work, that's okay. I'm talking about those of us that were here. If you get up on this platform and you play an instrument or sing, you need to be in the prayer room. If you're back there in the sound booth and you do anything, you need to be in the prayer room. I cannot stress that enough. We're online. It's okay. Because in, in athletics, if you don't stretch, you pull a muscle. And we cannot do what God wants us to do if we don't pray. I don't care this year if we don't get anything else right. Can we get prayer right? Can we get prayer right? Can we get that right? People were in at 6, 6.15, 6.30, 45. If you prayed, thank you. And I hope you prayed more than a popcorn prayer. We need to get in that prayer room and seek his face. And I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you that I've been praying that for a long time, and I could feel it. It was like it was going to happen. 
And then I don't know what happened, but it wasn't prayer. Am I right, Dwayne? Did you feel it? Brian, did you feel it? Brenda, did you feel it? Amen. It was there. It was there. It was that close. So please get in the prayer room. Amen. You that are watching online, pray. 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 Tell the person next to you, pray. Now, part of praying is praying for the power of the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. We need the power of the Holy Spirit more than we've ever needed him before. And it's the secret weapon. It's the, it's the armor. It's the, 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 the gun, spiritual gun, the spiritual sword to defeat the enemy is the power of the Holy Spirit. We need it in our lives. And the more we pray and the more we seek his face, the more he's going to fill us up. And so we need that secret weapon. And last week we talked about, I'm just giving you background for last Wednesday. We need the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus said is the promise. He said, go and wait for the promise. And if you go and wait for that promise, I will fill you. They went into the upper room in the Acts chapter 2. And the Bible says that the wind came. That's what it felt like over there. That the wind was about to blow through and then it just went. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that it was going to happen. I'm just telling you it was that close. I was so close to just coming over and telling everybody, come on, let's get in there. Let's, get all, let's all get over there and pray. We're that close. That, you know that's what it was like in the upper room? They probably had many times that they were like, it's, here it is, there it is, there it is. And remember, they were there for 10 days. 10 days they were seeking him. How many know probably on the first, third, fifth, seventh day, they're like, this is it. But it didn't happen until that 10th day. We got to keep seeking, keep praying, keep searching, keep asking until he fills us up to the brim with everything we need from God. Amen. No flesh, all Holy Spirit. How many know we need more Holy Spirit and less flesh? More of the Holy Spirit and less flesh. Amen. So if we pray, it goes back to that promise of God that he'll fill us up. So what you need this year, I'll make this simple. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, ask for it. Every service and every day. If you don't want it, then don't have it. God won't give it to you. Don't worry. I'm just telling you that you need it. And we mentioned last week how, how important it is to have it and that God wants all of us to have it. And I'm going to get into in a second how there is a dif difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues as a prayer language and the gifts of the Holy Spirit of speaking in tongues. There's a difference. There are two distinct things. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something God wants all of us to have, and he wants us to walk in it. How many of us I'm talking about prayer realize you need a prayer language? You need a better prayer life. Is anybody in here doesn't need a better prayer life? I, I want to I see if there's anybody in here that doesn't need a better prayer life. You have reached the climax. and No? Okay. I was going to say, if you have, I want to talk to you after church. I want you to come to my house, and we're going to have a prayer meeting tonight. How many know we all need a better prayer life? And the way we get a better prayer life is, is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he said, go into that upper room. They were all filled. Now, then when that baptism came down and they were all filled, they began to go out and they began to use that with boldness to speak to the world and to evangelize. The Bible says it's for, for the power to witness, go to the ends of the earth. And I want to remind you of this tonight. Mark chapter 16. I don't have this in my notes. This isn't on the screen. But Mark 16, remember, 15 through 18, Jesus said these words because it, it blows me away how there are people who believe and teach that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and miracles and signs, I was reading some today, signs and wonders and all those things are not for today. They will teach that and preach that and say that it, that it died with the apostles. 
And that's not biblical. It never says it would end. And we, I believe we need it more today than they needed it 2,000 years ago. And not that they didn't need it. We all need it. But how would we not need it today? We need that power of the Holy Spirit. And so when that Spirit came down, they went out and Jesus said these words, These signs shall follow. Now watch. I don't have this on the thing. don't matter. Just re- re- see it in your, in your eyes or look in your Bible. It says, These signs shall follow the apostles and that generation that follows, and then there will be no more signs. Has anybody ever read that verse like that? That's not what it says, right? If anybody knows that verse, it says, In these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. Those who believe in my name is us tonight. It did not say those who believe in my name until Apostle Paul writes the last book of his last words of his book, and John on the Isle of Patmos writes the book of Revelation. And when they say amen, no more signs will follow. He said, These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. Are you with me? Here's the signs they will speak with other tongues, they will cast out demons, and they will lay their hands on the sick, and they'll recover. Those signs, the Bible says, are for those who believe. There are those that will teach that that's just for the apostle. That's just for the apostle. That was just for the apostles. But I read that scripture to say that anybody who believes in his name will have those signs follow. And the signs, again, are they will cast out demons, they will speak with other tongues, and they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. So it's a promise for everyone. Now, as the church began to grow back then, 2,000 years ago, and as they began to speak and preach, and we ended up last week, if you remember, in Acts 19, that the gospel had traveled over 800 miles and over 25 years. Does anybody remember that? 25 years had passed and 800 miles of distance had passed when they got to the book of Acts 19. And the first thing Paul said to his uh, disciples that he met they were not his disciples but some disciples was he said have you received the holy spirit since you believed it was it was that was his greeting and they said what did they say we have not even heard that there is a holy spirit that's where we're at today that's the world we live in today not in this church not in a bible preaching church but in, in a lot of churches, people would say, I, had, I didn't even know there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just like a lot of people don't know there's going to be a rapture. Just like a lot of people don't know that liars and fornicators and adulterers and those people who practice lawlessness aren't going to go to heaven. There's a lot of stuff that people don't know. But how many know the truth is the truth? And so he said, this is something that you're going to have to have. You're going to need it. And so it's, it hasn't, it, they began to preach it, and it got all the way to Ephesus and Corinth and, and the Galatians and the Philippians. And so at one point, Paul is teaching and gets to a church, and they're, they're having the power of the Holy Spirit manifest and move, and he begins to see that he needs to address some things because they are w- walking in the Spirit but out of order. And, and this is a major reason why today in our, in our world we live in, so many people have a wrong attitude or ideology of what Pentecost is. Because just like drugs and alcohol and anything else, the, the, the root of the, of the drugs people take is natural from God. The root of what alcohol is made of is natural from God. 
The root of the sexual perversion we have in our world is natural from God, but we take all these things and we, and we, and we abuse it and we misuse it, and then it's not, the, it's not right. The same thing has happened with the power of the Holy Spirit. Churches have misused it. Churches have abused it. Churches haven't walked in decency and order and allowed God to be God, and they've got fleshly, and flesh has arisen, and flesh has turned people off, and flesh has caused people to not want to have anything to do with the power of the Holy Spirit. But the power of the Holy Spirit's real, and we need Him in this church. We need Him in this service. We need them in every service. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow in our church. But the Bible says, we see here, says it's in order. There's an order to it. And we can have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit without flesh being involved. And then people won't have to think, well, that's weird. How many know when it's God, it's not weird? When it's God, it's not weird. It's God. And no one questions it. When it's flesh, then it gets questioned. So he comes along, I'm setting this up, and he meets the Corinthians. And we're going to pick up in a second in 1 Corinthians 12, but I want to read one verse in 1 Corinthians 14, and that is back there in the screen, verse 1. And watch this. This is so key. He says, now just pass over those first two words and then go to the next part. He says, and desire spiritual gifts. Okay? Desire spiritual gifts. Paul is telling the church, we as believers should desire spiritual gifts. Okay? So how many see there that it is God's will for us to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit? He wants us to desire them. And he says, but especially that you would prophesy. Now, I didn't, I didn't on purpose over, overdo number one, the first part, the first two words. I just wanted you to see the, 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 the point of what I was going to, to desire. But the desire means nothing without love. And I'm going to come back to that again in a second. If you don't love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, if you don't love people, that's where the abuse of power happens. Did you hear that? How many know there can be abuse of power spiritually? The, the gifts can be abused because there's no love. But he says, pursue love and desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you've got my love, Jesus said, if you've got my heart, I want you to desire the gifts so that my love, my power, and my gifts can flow through you. And if my gifts, Jesus says, begin to flow through you, then I'll use you in a greater way and you'll be effective. And you'll be walking, Proverbs 11.30, he who wins souls is wise. And you'll be an effective soul winner. Okay, now, love is the key to being used by God. How many believe that? Love is the key to being used by God. Love. It says in a love message, but we can't go into the rest of this if we don't understand how important love is. And, and here's how important love is. The entire next chapter, or the sorry, prior chapter, and the chapter in between, like a sandwich of 12 and 14, is the love chapter. I just read 14.1, pursue the gifts. We're going to go to 12 in a second, but I wanna know, want you to know that what's right in the middle in chapter 13 is love. I don't want you to read it right now. Read it for homework. But the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. Love, 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 and doing the things of God in love, and walking in the gifts in love. Okay? How many are with me? So love is important. Love is the, is the glue that holds it together, and faith, of course. But he's saying, I need you to have these gifts, but if you don't love people, you're going to misuse the gifts. If God says, if you don't love me the right way, you're not going to use my gifts correctly. 
Motives are important. So we have the gifts of God flowing through us, and we, we say, God, I want these gifts not so I can be, be uh, looked at or lifted up or so people can say, wow, what an anointed person, but so that your name can be glorified, so that people will come to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen? So there's something important there, and I want you to read that later. And actually, I've told you the story before about the ministry person in Costa Rica that worked with me for many years who was raised in the Baptist church, raised with a teaching against the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just did they not talk about it, they taught against it. And so he was indoctrinated that it was not of God, and matter of fact, it was demonic. And so when he began to see, stay with me on this, when he began to see my prayer life, did you notice that I didn't say here? He began to see my prayer life. It's not about how I pray. It's what my prayer does. Some of y'all get that tomorrow. It'll, oh, are you, are you with me? Yes, yes, how I pray is we can learn and listen. And I'm, but when you begin to see something in someone's life and they go, we both pray, but I see something in your life that I don't have. So what do you have that I don't have? We're both praying to God. And he came to me one day. And he said, you have something I don't have. He, he discerned. He had the gift of discernment. He said, you have something I don't have. What is it? And I began to explain to him. He didn't say, I hear you pray. It was interesting. He didn't say, I hear you praying in tongues. What, what is that? He said, you have something I don't have. So he wasn't putting an emphasis on my prayer language. He was putting an emphasis on something he saw in my life that was different than he didn't have. And so I began to explain it to him, and I walked him through the verses like I did to you last week. And, and later on, a few weeks later, in his car, he called me one night and called me from his car. And he said, I'm waiting outside. for." He's like, man, I'm so excited. I'm waiting outside for my son to get out of school. And I just got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I'm speaking in tongues right here in my car. God filled me right here in my car. And he's, he's had it ever since. It changed his life because he saw something, okay? And so it's, it's important that we understand that there's something that we can have that the world doesn't have. Be, not just Jesus, but the fullness of the power of God. And, and so that man, I one time after he got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then long story short, his wife did the same thing. I took her through all, all, the, all the books, and she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. After that, after that happened to those two people, I went back and I asked him, I said, what, what did they use as a base scripturally for telling you that, that tongues are not for today and they're bad? And he said, I can only think of one verse. And I said, that makes sense. There's, not, there's, not, there's no verses for it. But I just I said, what is it? And you can read it later, but it's in that, it's in that love chapter I'm talking about. He said, they said tongues will cease. And so in this chapter, of, and I don't want to go into this tonight for time, but in that chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, the entire chapter, all the verses is talking about love, love, love. It says prophecies will cease, tongues will cease, but love will never cease. See how people trail mix? And so he took that, they took that one verse and said that tongues will cease, and so tongues have ceased. They're not for today. I said, that's it? I said, you saw the scriptures I gave you in favor, right? I mean, I didn't have to convince him anymore. He already had it. But that was it. I was waiting for him to give me several verses. That was it. It's the one verse he gave me. And in that chapter, the reason I'm saying this is in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul sees in 12, 
let, let, me, let, me, let me read this real Let me finish this and come back to it. He sees in 12, as we're going to read in a second, that what's going on in the church, he begins to teach, and then he realizes something's missing here, and the reason this power is being abused is because these people don't really love God. They just want power. When your motives begin to write with, be right with God, God can do supernatural things in your life. When your heart is pure before God and you love God, as the Bible says, with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, there's nothing God can't do through your life. If there's a love issue, there's a problem. And that's what Paul began to see. And so he took a whole chapter led by the Holy Spirit and began to say, the, the problem here in, in just short terms is you don't love people. Love's what matters. If you do all these things, if you lay your hands on the sick and you cast out demons and you do all these things and you don't love people, it's like a clanging cymbal. That, those drums are awesome, amen? How many love the sound of the drums? Braden did a great job tonight. Landon does a great job. Parker, we have great drummers. If I went over there and grabbed the thing and started beating on that, especially since I don't play the drums, especially just the cymbal, and I put the microphone to it, you always start covering your ears. Because the Bible says that using the gifts without love is a clanging symbol. How many are with me? And so that's why he wrote that whole chapter. Then he picks up in 14 and begins to minister the diversity of gifts. Now let's look at this. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Are you there? I know I just said 14. I meant 12. Verse 1. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, right before I read this, let me make this clear. What I'm about to read right now, here in this part, is different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit that happened on the day of Pentecost. Are you with me on that? Because on the day of Pentecost, every single person that was in that room got filled. And every single person spoke in tongues. And last week we went over that. Every time that they went somewhere and they found new disciples and the power of the Holy Spirit fell, we saw that they began to speak in tongues. So it's an evidence. We believe that it is the evidence. Someone might say, well, I, I, I'm baptizing the Holy Spirit, but they don't speak in tongues. I believe biblically that the tongues is evidence that you know you got it. Because a lot of people will say, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they don't have that, that prayer language. And so how did they know in those verses that we read last week? Because they heard them speaking in tongues. It was something that, that showed them that they had it. So he says, chapter 12, verse 1, this is in the church now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now go down to verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. How many want to be profitable? If you were in a business tonight or had a, if you had your own business, you want your business to be profitable. A restaurant, a real estate business, a store needs to be profitable. If we're going to be believers, we need to have profitable lives. And that's not talking about money. We need to be profitable in the spiritual realm. We need to make a difference. I'm challenging you to understand that you don't want to get to heaven without some fruit. Amen. So that's being profitable. And so if we're going to be profitable, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Not, not my own word. How many know our words fail? 
What a revelation it is when you begin to realize it's not my words. Ooh, I used to beat my, anybody who's ever preached beats himself, beats himself up like crazy over the words they're going to say and how they're going to say it. And then you get a revelation that the Holy Spirit's speaking through you anyways. Just say it. And you realize when you start getting that way, that's when God starts to move. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Watch. For one, for, sorry, to, for to one. Now, right before I read eight, how many know that the first verse we read there said, concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant, and that 14.1 said we should all desire the gifts. There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Sorry, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some would say nine. There's two that are, that are mentioned somewhere else, but seven gifts that are mentioned here of the Holy Spirit that you can have, that you can flow in, that's a gift of God, a power of God. Okay? So he says, I want you to desire those spiritual gifts. Now go back to eight. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Now, stay right there in nine and leave that up for a second. This will explain exactly what I just said. Y'all still here on a Wednesday night? This is going to make sense. I just read right there, to another, faith by the same Spirit. What do you mean, a gift of faith? Don't, you have, don't we have to be saved to have faith? Hello? Are y'all here? What saves us? Faith in Jesus. So if we already have faith and we're saved, why would we need a gift of faith? Because there's something beyond the faith that we had to be saved. Now there's a faith that says we can move mountains. There's a faith that says we can do this. There's a faith that says I won't be shook. There's a gift of faith. So it's the same thing there that, as we're going to get to in a second, the gift of the Holy Spirit of speaking in tongues and interpretation is a gift that is different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Does that make sense? So he says, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, watch this, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Now think about that. Mark 16 said we could all pray for the sick. But the truth is, some people move in the gifts of healing better than others. Why? Because they have the gift of miracles. They have the gift of faith to have miracles. It's a gift. Some can believe, but maybe, they, they're, they're, maybe they're believing on their own, their own faith, which is God has given us a measure of faith. But if you ask God, if you want to be used more, say, God, give me the gift of miracles. Give me the gift of healing. Give me the gift of faith. And, and here's the thing. For a lot of us in here, we didn't even know these, just like the Holy Spirit, might not even know these gifts existed. If you haven't read your Bible. Now you're saying, man, you mean that there's, there's some weapons that I can have? You mean there's some things that I can have that are extra? How many like extra? Does anybody in here like stuff that's extra and free and bonus and on top and above and beyond? Amen. I, there's always, it's always good when it says, let me throw that in for you. Amen. God's got these extra things for us. He says, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing, the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. And watch this. To another different kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things 
This, watch this. This is the key. Distributing to each one individually as we want. He distributes as he wills. So he says desire it, but he's going to give it to us as he wills. All we can do is put ourselves, what, as we said Sunday, in the position. To be in the position that God wants us. To love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and spirit. To humble ourselves. To be in prayer. To exercise faith. To do all those things. To ask. To ask. God, let the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow in my life. Fill me, Lord, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you want to give me. Church, in 2021... If we will start to walk in the gifts, if you'll start to figure out what your gift is. Some of you might already know one. Some of the, as I'm reading these, some of you might be like, I don't know any of those. Or as I was reading them, some of you might, you know what, you might have said, man, I feel like I have that gift. And if you feel like you have that gift, then what do you have to do when you get something? You have to exercise it. Amen. You have to use it. You have to, you have to ask God, okay, I feel like I have this gift, now help me use it. And so that's when the gifts begin to flow. Now, let's go down to 27. How many are with me? I haven't lost you, have I? And you can go back and read these things. He's taking an entire chapter here. He's taking an entire several books because the Holy Spirit is moving in the services. God is moving in, back in those days even when he, Paul visits the church. But he says, but it can be better if we can get this in order. And if, if each one can figure out what their gift is and, and we can have it done in an orderly fashion, then when everybody leaves, they go, man, I don't know what in the world happened in there, but that was God. That was God. God showed up. So he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ. And members individually i always talk to you about how your salvation is personal and god has appointed these in the church which church their church or the church the church i mean no we're part of the church he says first apostles second prophets third teachers after that miracles then gifts of healings and this is where you see the other two that people would add helps and administrations God knows I need help and administration, both of those, amen, a variety of tongues. Watch this. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? We don't know. He, he, didn't, say, he didn't say no, did he? Did he say no there? Do you see an N-O? Do you see an N-O there? He's asking a question, leaving it up to us and God. And he says, but what he does answer at the end is he says, what does he say there at the end? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So he says, he says that question, and we go, I don't know. I don't know what their gift is. And sometimes we do know what the gift is in somebody else. We see it. But God is saying for you to figure out what your gift is and then begin to walk in it. And then you can also say, Lord, I want more of you. I want to be, I want to be walking in every gift that you'll give me. 
Amen. Let those gifts be, be upon me so I can walk in them. But if we would all just get, get to walking in one, at least one, man, we would see the revival that we've been praying for. We'd see the outpouring of God that we've been praying for. If we would all begin to walk in the gifts of the Spirit, in His power and in His love. So, for example, when we talk about, and I don't know if I'm going to get to this last verse yet, but when we talk about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is a, a thing that is for all of us to have. And then you have the gift of tongues and interpretation that happens in the church. If you've been here, you might have heard that. If you went to a conference, you've been in a service here. Someone begins to speak in tongues, and there's an interpretation. That's supernatural. And God gives a word. So that person praying in tongues at that moment does not even know what they're saying. But they're praying in faith and obedience to God. And somebody else who doesn't know what they're saying either picks up something in the Spirit and says by faith what the Spirit tells them and gives a word to the church. But the part about order is, obviously, that as, as we're praying and having church, if right now, here's, here's an example, if right now, and this is what happens in some churches, I'm preaching. This is the time of the preaching of the Word. And in some churches, someone might stand up and start speaking in tongues. That's out of order. I would have to tell them, and I have a few times in my ministry over the years, I don't know if I've done, I can't remember if I've done it here, but I, I, did, I did it in Costa Rica. I, I might have done it at the other building. I don't think I've done it in this building. but And I would have to say, nicely, that's out of order. Please don't say that. Please sit down and keep preaching or whatever. But see, there's an order and a flow to the service. There's a flow, to, and this is what Paul is addressing in the Bible. So that everything happens in order. But this is something we need to understand. I want to make this clear. This is what I really want to get to tonight. There's a difference between our prayer language and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what that means is, is at the altar when we're praying, or during praise and worship when you're worshiping, or during the time when we say, let's go to the Lord in prayer, you might hear somebody speaking in tongues, and you might think after this, this thing, or you might have thought already, they're, they're out of order, they're praying in tongues. No, we're not, we're not out of order because we're all praying. And we're not praying to each other. It's like the joke that my dad used to say, and I've picked up on it. Sometimes I'd mess with him on his prayers. I just did it recently, remember? I'd mess with him on his prayers. He'd say something for dinner or something, and I'd say, Dad, you didn't say this, or you didn't say that, and he'd say, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Amen. And I just did that recently with our family at some moment. I said, I wasn't talking to you. He said, you didn't say this or that. I was praying to God. When we're in the service and at worship or prayer time or at the altar and everybody's praying, we can pray in our heavenly language. And even at that time, if the Spirit wants to speak, then at that moment of prayer where everybody's praying and some are and some aren't praying in the Spirit and praying in their tongue because some have it and some don't, at that moment, the Spirit can come and one can override the others and the Spirit begins to speak to someone and a tongues and interpretation happens. But it's not during the preaching. It's not during the offering. It's, it's in order. And you know it's in order. How many are following me? Do you see the difference between what they got on the day of Pentecost and now the gifts? Okay, and you can read that more in chapter 14. Read the whole chapter later for homework. 
We'll, maybe we'll get into it next week. I don't know if the Lord wants me to continue on this or not. But I want to say this real quick because I, I think this is really clear. These aren't going to be verses, but I want you to listen. Here's some similarities between the two. One, what is it again? The prayer language that everybody can have and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is the tongues and interpretation. I'm talking about those specific things. I'm not talking tonight about prophecy or the gift of wisdom or the gift of miracles or the, any of the other gifts. I'm talking about the tongues and interpretation. Okay, how many are with me on that? Here's, here's two, two similar, some similarities between the two. Stay with me. In both the prayer language and the spiritual gift, the speaker will be speaking in a language that he or she does not understand. That's the similarity. Whether you're praying in your prayer language or you're praying under the influence of the power of the gift of the Spirit, you don't understand what you're saying. It's, it's, it's the prayer language. It's, sorry, it's the Spirit of God speaking, not you. And then the second one is both the prayer language and the spiritual gift. This is important. Will require the speaker to act in faith. Do you realize that when you get baptized by the Holy Spirit, it's faith just like it is to accept Jesus? And then it's faith to speak out in that language that comes upon you, and that's how it comes. And it's faith to speak it every single time, just to speak and, and pray in that prayer language. And then if the Lord speaks to you and to, to speak in tongues in a service for interpretation, it takes faith. It takes faith to interpret it. Okay, so there's, there's some, some similarities. Here's some differences. Watch this. Stay with me. In the prayer language, you are the one that initiates it. Most of the time in your prayer language, you pray in the Spirit because you're initiating it. In the spiritual gift, the Holy Spirit initiates it. In the prayer language, the speaker is the main beneficiary. Okay, When you're praying, as I said before, and I'm praying in tongues, whether it's in the church or at the home or in the car, I'm not praying for your benefit. I'm praying for my benefit. Okay, But the gift of the Holy Spirit is that other people are benefits of, of the gift. See that? What I'm praying, I'm praying to God, and I benefit when it's a tongue and interpretation, others in the church benefit. In the prayer language, you are talking to God. Right? Nobody else. Are y'all still here? In your prayer language, speaking in tongues, in your prayer language, you are talking to God. Nobody else. Listen to this. But in the gift, in the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues, God is talking to you through somebody else. In the prayer language, you are encouraged, as I'm doing it tonight, to do it all the time. To pray without ceasing. When you have the power, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I can pray in tongues right now. I can pray in tongues at midnight. I can pray in tongues in 20 minutes. I could pray in tongues three hours ago. I can pray in tongues. It's, it's not something God goes, here, take it back. Here, take it back. Here, take it back. It's, I can pray it at any moment. I, at any moment. You with me? So we encourage you to do it all the time. In the spiritual gift, you only do it when the Holy Spirit tells you to. How many are seeing the difference between our own personal prayer language and what happens in the church? In the, in the prayer language, no interpretation is needed or expected because God is the one you're praying to and He understands. In the spiritual gift, the gift of interpretation of tongues 
is given so that people can understand the message and, re and, and receive the benefit. So I just wanted to share some of those for you to have in your understanding how the gifts of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues and interpretation flows in the church. And as you have that powerful language, prayer language, use it. Use it. All the time. I mean, not when you're talking to somebody. Amen? Don't be weird. Don't just bust out speaking in tongues when you're talking to somebody, okay? That's not going to benefit them. And that's kind of what Paul goes into. Maybe, maybe they got so excited and fanatical, and it wasn't even flesh. They were just excited that they walked into the church and started speaking tongues to each other. And, and Paul walked in one time, and he's like, if someone comes in and, and sees you guys doing this, they're going to be like, what is wrong with you? But how many know that when it's in order, it's not weird? It's not weird because I'm praying to God. It'll take us to another level of power and faith and anointing when we all begin to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. I'm going to close. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to read. I'm not going to put it up on the screen because they got their eyes closed. I want you to listen to this. One of the keys, I think, to being filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, too. Both. And I hope that as we are closing this service, that if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, or you're watching online, or you're here, and you haven't been baptized with that power of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking, I hope that you're desiring it. I hope there's something inside of you that says, I want that. I need that. I want the fullness of God. But here's the key. In the, room, in the book of Romans chapter 12, I'm just going to read it so you can listen as you're praying. Paul says, For I say through the grace given to me. How many know that anything we have from God is, from, is by grace? God is gracious. What a miracle that God would give us a gift. Starting with salvation. But any other gifts? He says, by the grace given to me, through the grace given to me, to everyone who's among you, here's the key, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. You know who God uses, and I mean really uses? I'm not talking about people who abuse. I mean that God really uses is people who humble themselves. People who are just like God. If you can use anything, you can use me. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God's given you what you need. Listen to me closely tonight as you're praying. God has given you what you need. You already have it. You just got to exercise it. You know what that means? There's gifts in you tonight. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you are saved tonight, there are gifts inside of you, and God wants you to exercise them. God wants you to operate in them. But it's going to be for His glory. It's going to be to lift up His name. It's going to be so that people see something in you that they don't have. How many in this place tonight as we move forward and close with some time of prayer before we get to the part where we ask God to fill us tonight, we ask God to give us the spiritual gifts. How many in this place are not saved? 
how many watching online or listening on the podcast, you're not saved. Your name is not in the book of life tonight. You've never given Jesus lordship of your life. Tonight you can be saved. Just say, pray for me. And if you're here tonight and you've said that prayer, you're saved. You're saved. Jesus came into your heart. He came into your life. And when you raised your hand that time, that first time, and he came in, and now he's working. He's operating. Maybe you're watching online. You've never said the sinner's prayer. We're going to say it in just a moment. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. You're cold. You're off. You're running. Your sin is in your life. You're practicing sin. You're practicing lawlessness. Repent tonight. Right now. Today's the day of salvation. Repent. 1 John 1.9 says, If you will confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Let's say this prayer as you stand to your feet tonight all over this place. Those that are watching online and those that are here. I didn't see any hands go up, but you might have raised your hand and God saw it. You might be needing to say this prayer. You might be watching online. You're sitting in your car. You're sitting on your couch. You're in a hospital bed. You're doing something you shouldn't do right now and you're listening to this or you've been doing something. Call on the name of the Lord right now. And the Bible says you'll be saved. I want you to say this after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you humbly. And I know that as a sinner that I am, I fall short of your glory. I know the wages of my sin are death. But I know there's a gift called eternal life. Jesus, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. You died on the cross to take my place for me a sinner and I believe you rose from the dead and tonight I accept you as Lord, Master Savior Redeemer and King please forgive me for all my sins help me with unforgiveness I renounce anything in my life that does not glorify your name Take it from me. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise tonight. As we don't know how many people just said that prayer. Jesus is coming into people's lives tonight and transforming people and changing people. Giving them a new start tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to open up these altars. We're going to go offline right now. And as we open up these altars... I believe in 